Welcome to Techsology. My name is Kyle Sutherland. If you like what we've been doing, please be sure, if you have not already, to subscribe. You can do that on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And also be sure to share our content to help get our name out there. After the A&M game, I was quite excited. I think like a lot of fans were. You played well. You definitely had a better showing. Of course, you didn't get the win. That's the, that's the final stat that matters. But you come in, and a lot of people were expecting you to lay down, and you show a lot of fight. You make a lot of improvements. You run the ball pretty well for the most part. When Nick Starkle goes down at the end of the second quarter, Ben Hicks comes in, plays well for the rest of the game. Some people would say that we have a controversy on our hands in terms of quarterbacks, but it's very clear, of course, not just the fact that Chad Morris said that he is the guy, but it is, this is still Nick Starkle's team, and it should be for the rest of the year barring any injury. But I'm a little hesitant. There's a lot of sneaky stats that we have been pretty good at for the most part on defense that a lot of people aren't paying attention to. Now, I understand that they've given up over 30 points in every game except for Portland State. But Jamario Bell is is third in sacks, who has come out of nowhere after not really getting a whole lot of playing time. He's he's a guy that's had quite a bit of tough luck since he's been on the hill. He came in, I believe, as like a defensive end, then switched to tight end, then to linebacker. So he's kind of been moving around quite a bit since he's been on the team. But he's had a lot of production this year maybe on his way to being this year's Armand Watts. Gabe Richardson and Sosa Aguin both have three sacks, which as of through, through the A&M game now, of course, I'm sure that's changed now that we've had another slate of SEC games and, they had, and the Razorbacks had a bye week. But as of last week, that was top five in the SEC. And then you've also got Cam Curl, who, is tied, who was tied for the uh, – tied for interceptions – Again, these are all stats from the week before, so I'm not exactly sure where they stand right now. But we've got some guys that are making plays. They've just got to put it all together. But this is also the second youngest, te- second youngest defense in the entire country. I mean, we can make all these excuses. At the end of the day, you've got to get the job done. But I say all this to say there's a lot of things to be excited for. But the reason why I am so hesitant is because Last year, now, I say all the time how I'm not a big guy on history in terms of sports, but we only really have one year to go off of, one full year of Chad Morris to go off of. And the previous year, he lost to Colorado State. He lost to North Texas. Came within a touchdown of beating of beating Texas A&M last year. Then they played a few decent games. Now, they got rocked by Auburn. They got rocked by Alabama. But we saw a lot of progress from what we had seen from the beginning of the year. And then after they had all those injuries at Ole Miss, then – or again, in Little Rock against Ole Miss, and they lost 37-33, to it's like the wheels fell off from there. Vanderbilt blew them out. Mississippi State blew them out. They played decent against LSU, but it was clear that they weren't going to win that game pretty much for the whole entire time, even though it was by a touchdown. And then they finished the season to get rocked by Missouri. So I'm very hesitant to say that there are a lot of things to look forward to because I don't know that I, – I would think that this team is going to grow. Now that we know who our quarterback is, we've known who our quarterback is, assuming he stays healthy, but we've also – seems that we've got a pretty reliable backup – and Ben Hicks, if we see the Ben Hicks that played against A&M as opposed to the first half 
of Ole Miss and the Portland State game. We got two receivers in Trey Knox and and Traylon Burks that are the top wide receiver, top freshman wide receiver duo in the entire country. We just got to get those guys on the field at the same time, which we have had a really tough time doing. Cheyenne O'Grady has been great this year. Rakeem Boyd has been great this year. He needs some more help in the backfield. We haven't seen enough consistency from Devois Whaley and, and don't really know what's going on with Chase Hayden right now. And the offensive line, they've been getting a pretty bad rap, but honestly, for the in the big picture, they haven't been that bad this year. Now, I get it. The last couple of drives against A&M, when, when A&M was Mike Elko, the defensive coordinator for A&M, was, was bringing the house. They did not block too well then. But overall, they did pretty well against A&M. And excluding San Jose State, there's been a lot of flashes in, in just about every game that they've played this year. So the signs are there that they can, they, that they can turn the corner. But this weekend against Kentucky is going is to tell a lot. We're going to have Derek Terry from 247 Sports on the next segment, and we're going to talk about uh, the break down our opinions of this game and talk about both teams that are two and three and give our opinions on exactly what has to be done in order to, to win this game. Not a lot to play for right now. I mean, really, at this point, you're just trying to get another win. Both teams, I believe Kentucky is searching for their first SEC win as well, just like Arkansas. If not, it may be their second one. But we, we've got a lot of work to do. That goes without saying. But it can start with getting that first and, – and not only will it be Chad Morris's first, first SEC win, it'll be his first Power 5 win – but it'll also be an SEC win on the road to get your confidence up. And that is, that's massive because that's something that they didn't do last year. I talked about the promise that they showed, but there is still a lot of work to be done, and, they, and it is very doable against this Kentucky team. They really haven't looked good this year. In my opinion, the best that they've looked was in a loss to Florida. They've got a really good offensive line. Now, they did lose their quarterback for the season, and then their backup – has been battling has been battling some shoulder and wrist issues, which Derek and I will talk about that as well. But they do have talent just like we do. And it's going to be at their place. They have one of the most solid offensive lines in the SEC, which that's going to be interesting to see how our defensive line, with how great they did play against A&M, how they, how they fare against those guys. But this – this game here, I'm not saying it's going to be the make-or-break point of the season. I, I think that in order to at least finish with four – I said five wins from the very beginning of the season. That was, that was the max. That's also assuming that they beat San Jose State, which obviously did not happen. But if you want to, if you want to get this sour taste, or at least mostly this sour taste out of the fans' mouth, out of the out of the larger part of the fan base mouth, then you've got to get this win in Lexington this weekend. Or otherwise, it's going to get really really bad. I can feel it because you've got Alabama right after that. You go to Tuscaloosa, then you've got Auburn. You've got LSU coming up a few weeks after that. The schedule's not going to get any easier. I mean, they're they're entering the meat of it right now. So it is a must win. 
I mean, just about any win right now that they can get, regardless of who it's against, is must. But this is crucial, and they have a chance to do it. We're going to take a quick break real quick, and then we'll have Derek on as soon as this is over. Stay with us. So we're now joined by Derek Terry from the UK, the University of Kentucky 247 sports page. And he's going to be on here talking to us about the game coming up this weekend. And Derek, we've got two, two, two and three teams coming in and both looking for their first SEC win. Uh, of course, it's going to be a lot, a lot of drama with that, just trying to, to fight and claw to get that. And on top of the fact, you guys are going to be honoring uh, the late Jared Lorenzen, who passed away in, in July. And we all know the, the game that he played against Arkansas in the seven overtimes uh, back in 2002, a very highly emotional game. So it's going to be going to be a lot on the line here coming up this weekend. And what are you what are you hearing as of right now with Sawyer Smith's help uh, or with his health? Um, based on what happened in the South Carolina game? Yeah, so UK, pretty quiet over the bye week. Uh, there was only one day of media availability. That was early in the week. It was on Tuesday. The expectation, though, um, following the, the game of South Carolina was at Sawyer, who has wrist and shoulder injuries and also one other undisclosed injury. Uh, that's what Mark Stoops kind of announced on his radio show on Monday night. The expectation was he was not going to throw at all. Uh, during the bye week. And because of that, UK made the move to Lynn Bowden, uh, its best wide receiver, to work with the quarterbacks during the week. Uh, whether or not Sawyer will be healed up and ready to go is something that I, I honestly, just given kind of how college football coaches work, I highly doubt you'll hear any kind of uh, ruling on if Sawyer will play or not at all going up to the game. But kind of the way I've map things out and kind of my expectation is I think UK is going to try to get through this game uh, without him. I think uh, they would like to use Lynn and run kind of a wildcat type offense and see what they can do. I don't know if that'll work, but I think kind of the deal is the way that the schedule sets up for UK. And I know we'll get into some other stuff later, but I think really if they can just win this game Saturday, I think it'll be, okay down the stretch because there's another bye week um they play three games and then there's another bye week and i think you know they're not going to beat georgia so there's really no reason to rush Lear back for that game and missouri is also probably going to be a loss but i kind of feel like missouri might be that game to pinpoint that sawyer maybe after three weeks of resting he'll be able to play again but yeah i would i would be surprised uh and i mean this is assuming based on what we saw in south carolina i mean he was banged up bad he probably shouldn't have been playing that game he was not effective at all and uh took four sacks so he got hit some more uh and just based on kind of moving Bowden, it seems to me like they probably won't play him so you mentioned we'll see definitely some wildcat which is typically when the only time that lynn lines up back there but he's he's like kind of like a randall cobb type player he can play running back he can play receiver quarterback just about anywhere that you that they prefer to put him he can get it done but what kind of hit is that going to be to the receiving core if he does have to mainly play quarterback yeah it'll absolutely be a hit i mean he's uh he's had the 
that probably been the best receiver the last two years. I mean, last year he was more or less like their only productive receiver. Um, last year, of course, the offense basically revolved around Benny Snell, but Lynn still kind of got his. He was definitely the best guy out there. This year, probably the one guy on the offense who takes the biggest hit with without having a healthy quarterback is Ahmad Wagner, who I, I think in terms of pro potential has probably some of the best pro potential on this team. I mean, he's a six foot seven receiver who played basketball at Iowa for three years. Um, but he was a four-star receiver on 24-7 coming out of high school. He had just made the decision that he wanted to play basketball in college, so he went that route. But transferred to UK uh, last year. He didn't do a ton last year. Well, I'll say he didn't do a ton. He was actually huge in beating uh, Missouri because he drew a pass interference flag that gave UK an untimed down, and UK scored on the on the – the final play of the game to beat Missouri and that set up a, a de facto SEC championship game of Georgia, which Kentucky lost. But um, he was having a really good year. I, I, want, I mean, it was ridiculous. At one point, he had either caught or drawn a flag on like 15 out of the 16 first passes thrown to him this year. So whenever you don't have a quarterback in there, a, a classic, you know, traditional quarterback, it's a little bit harder to get him the ball. I'm sure they will still take their chances if teams try to play one on one with him. I, I think. Maybe there'll be enough confidence on Bowden or whoever's playing quarterback could at least kind of get it in his general area. But yeah, besides him, there's really not a whole lot more at receiver in terms of proven talent. Josh Ali, third on the team in receptions. I think he has like 12 catches. He only averages 10 yards a game though in terms of reception. So Bowden is Bowden and Wagner, and then the two tight ends are kind of the two, Justin Rigg and Keaton Upshaw. They, they receive more targets typically than some of the other receivers. So with Bowden down. I'm sure you'll see heavy, heavy run uh, as long as UK doesn't get down big. So in terms of now, I, that was the guy that I watched, Wagner. I know he's averaging about 20 yards per catch. I've, one of the times that I have watched UK this year, I've been really impressed with him. But I want to talk about you guys' run game. Now, you've got two quality backs in A.J. Rose and, and uh, is it Kavosley? I've, I've never been able to pronounce it. Smoke? Kavosley. Yeah, Kavasi. So you've got those two guys that are taking over for Benny Snell that went that got drafted by the Steelers. They didn't, in terms of running the ball. Um, and I know that it was a rough game against South Carolina all the way around. But those are pretty two quality backs. And so, how do you feel about now? Arkansas's defense has not been the greatest at stopping the run this, year, especially against like Ole Miss and, sad to say, at San Jose State. Um, they they did a decent job against A and M. Not didn't quite get the job done like to, that we thought that they might actually get by and still a win. But how, how do you feel about? I don't know if you've if you've watched much film over Arkansas at this point. But how do you feel about the running game against against a defense that is susceptible, just like the Razorbacks are? Yeah, to be completely honest, I really don't know a ton about Arkansas. Uh, I know a little bit about kind of the, the quarterback. Uh, I don't know if issues is the right word. I just know they've kind of cycled in some guys and on a stark had an injury, but. Um, I, what I don't really know how we can account for yet is if Bowden is the quarterback and obviously that changes how Arkansas will play things if you don't have to respect the pass as much, but in general, um, UK's run game has been kind of hit or miss. It looked really good against Mississippi state, uh, but they got down 21 to three and that led to them having to throw the ball more. But AJ Rose, it was by far his best game of the year. He only got nine carries, but he had 105 yards. Um, when Terry Wilson was still healthy, that obviously added another element to the run game. But Sawyer, prior to getting hurt against Florida, uh, hurting his wrist, I mean, he, he's not a statue. He could run, read options, things like that. Obviously, did not have the same kind of speed as Terry, but 
he was, you know, enough to kind of keep a quarterback run game alive. Now with Bowden, I mean, you would think in theory he's your most dynamic playmaker and he's kind of have the ball in his hands almost every single play. You would think that would help a little bit. Um, the offensive line is good. Uh, it's been criticized a little bit up here, and a lot of it was against South Carolina. But just to be frank, I mean, when you have a quarterback that was as injured as Sawyer Smith was and he was no threat at all to run the ball that game, it makes it a lot easier for the defensive line um, to not have to respect a quarterback run. They don't have to worry as much about staying in there. Uh, rushing lanes and things like that. And, and when you do that, I mean, it's, it's tough on an offensive line to, to protect. Um, but running the ball, I, I wouldn't tip my hat to uh, South Carolina there, which Colossia Smoke had a migraine. He ended up not even playing. But uh, South Carolina did a pretty good job shutting down the run game. But that's been about the only team that really shut UK down. Up until that, UK at least had pretty much one productive runner in every other game. Uh, Florida – Florida did a pretty good job. I mean, Kentucky still was hit or miss there in that game, but Florida's defense has still been the best they faced this year. And obviously, you know, Florida's having a really good year, and UK's offense did enough, I felt like, for them to win that game. Um, but obviously, things are different now. I mean, when you're down to what's what's kind of crazy with the whole quarterback situation is it's not like this is the end of the year. I mean, all this has happened five games into the year, and they're already to a point where they're maybe having to play a wide receiver at quarterback. So that's that's been tough, I think, on on the program, especially coming off a year where, you know, the expectations were not to win ten games again. But on the same hand, and I really feel like if they had a healthy quarterback, they were they were poised to have another. You know, they were going to be in a spot where bowl eligibility was not going to be a question. And now at this point, I think it probably is, which is which is unfortunate, I think, based on uh, how things have gone. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking too. Is I was looking at this team at the very beginning of the year, actually before before it even started, I guess in fall camp. And I, I saw that there was still a lot of talent. I mean, Stoops has recruited really well. He's definitely done a lot of great things since he's been there. I guess since he's been there in 2012, whenever, 2013, whenever it was when he came in. But I want to bring him up because that's what I think. I was I was examining this, kind of looking at both teams. And I really feel that this, this game is going to come down who, who has the better coach. And I think that hands down – from what we've seen up to this point now, of course, Stoops has been in the SEC a lot longer than Chad Morris, but right now it's really hard for me to say that I fully trust our coaching staff. Now, I don't think that the play calling for us has been near as bad as people have said it was. There's been times where it has, but I think that sometimes too that we just haven't been able to to effectively run the plays, and and we just haven't had that. Like for instance, we've got two true freshman receivers that technically by the numbers are the top duo in the country, and Traylon Burks and and uh, oh my gosh, who's the other one? Trey Knox. His name was slipping my mind for a second, but we just hadn't been able to put it together. And I feel like that there, that's kind of how I've watched Kentucky about three times this year, and I feel that that's kind of been. And of course, the injury to Terry Wilson hasn't helped either, but. These are just two teams that are trying to find their identity, and I think really at the end of it, I feel like it's going to be a very hard-fought game. It could be very close, but with Kentucky being the home team and having the slight edge in – actually, more than a slight edge in coaching, I do feel that, that Kentucky's going to come out on top. But for, for two two and three teams, I think that this is going to be one of the better games of the week. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, – you know, I know Arkansas playing SEC West um, – probably a little bit tougher finish to their season than Kentucky's going to have. I mean, really, you know, like I already mentioned, Georgia and Missouri. But after that, uh, I think you kind of look at five games left on the UK schedule that are going to determine how it finishes. Uh, I think Arkansas is a winnable game. Uh, I'm not convinced they're going to win by any means, especially given the QB situation. I mean, that could either 
work out well if you play Bowden there, or it could be a complete disaster. I mean, we really don't know if he turns the ball over. Uh, I think Arkansas's offense is good enough um, to, to certainly put up some points. Although that's been kind of the weird thing about UK's defense is like if you watch them play, you really aren't like wowed by them, uh, and then they give up their share of yardage. But at the same time, they really like don't allow that many points. Uh, really, like some crazy numbers. I don't know if you if you've seen these numbers because it's just not something you would really unless you broke down the box score the last two games. Um, Kentucky has converted 11% of its third downs the last two games. I mean, a horrific number, three for 27 combined. They went one for 12, uh, and then okay, they went one for 12 against Mississippi State, and then two for 15 against South Carolina. Um, and then they uh, completed 36% of their passes. So you add up all those numbers, what it tells you is the defense has more or less been on the field basically the whole game the last two times, and they – Somehow, I mean, the South Carolina game was not close. I wouldn't want to give that impression. South Carolina, pretty much as soon as they scored their opening touchdown, had that game won. Um, but 24-7 is a respectable loss. I mean, it's not, you know, an embarrassing showing, I guess, in terms of the final score. And then 28-13, to UK actually had a chance, uh, multiple chances in that game. That was the one I felt like they had a much better chance to win because there were three drop passes in the end zone, uh, more or less two, because he can't score on one of those drives. Uh, and then Sawyer Smith had Keaton Upshaw open, which would have cut the game to, um, could have cut it into four. Or he came out of gone for two. It would have been 21-16 after the touchdown. But Sawyer Smith threw it through the uprights when they had Keaton, Shaw, uh, Keaton Upshaw open. But it's a really roundabout way of saying the defense has actually played kind of decent in terms of not giving up points. They, they forced a decent amount of turnovers. They were averaging pretty much two a game up until the last game, and then I got one. But in general, I mean, the defense, I think, becomes so much more important because I just can't imagine UK's offense, if it is Limbo and a quarterback, is going to score an absurd amount of points. I mean, I think you're probably happy if you score three touchdowns doing that because you're probably have to be relying on the run game pretty much the whole time. So to me, a big key for UK is not falling behind because if they get down again, uh, 14-0 or something like that, it's just a lot harder to – to keep running the ball just with time not being on your side. If it's early in the game, that's different. But the deeper it gets into a game and the more the clock is against you if you're down, it's just harder to to run what they're going to want to run. And I've pretty much talked this whole podcast with the assumption that Sawyer Smith's not going to play. I mean, I don't know that 100% sure. I'm just assuming UK is going to try to play the long game and try to get him healthy for games that they view as winnable because um, I – I just think if you if you can beat Arkansas, they're sitting at three and three. And even if you lose the next two to Georgia, Missouri, you get another bye week. It's clear it's healthy. Uh, I don't see no reason that they can't beat Tennessee, UT Martin, Vanderbilt, and Louisville to close out the year. But it starts this weekend, I think. If if, if they lose to Arkansas, you're probably looking at two and six uh, going into that final stretch. And at that point, I mean, who knows what morale would be like? And it's just you don't want to go into the final four weeks of the season having to win out just to reach bowl eligibility. So. It really is a massive game. I'm sure it is for Arkansas, too. I know Arkansas is a little bit different boat. I mean, I don't know what the number is, but I know they're looking to snap a pretty long SEC losing streak. I mean, it's kind of how it was. And Mark Stoops got to Kentucky. Uh, UK was 0-8 the year before, the last year in Joker Phillips. Uh, I think that season actually included a uh, an early forfeit. Is that right? Against Arkansas on the road. The game just, like, ended early. Do you remember that? Which one was that? 
2000 uh, Arkansas. I think it was like 49 to seven and they just called it quits because of weather or something. They didn't yeah. Try. I think that, yeah. Um, that was under Joker in 2012. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I, I, I can't remember if they, you know, that's a good question. I don't know if they finished the game or not. I remember John L Smith was our coach. Cause that was right after the Petrino debacle. Um, but I, you know, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't remember if the game actually, actually didn't get finished or not, but back to your sec point. Um, it's been almost two years since we've won an sec game. We were down, by like 21 uh, at Ole Miss, and we ended up coming back and winning 37 to 36. So 2017 was the last time that they have won. And then Chad Morris has not he, – he's 0-14, I believe, or 0-15 now against Power 5 schools. So that would be – that would actually be pretty big for him to get not just his first Power 5 win, but a conference win on the road. And I, I just – I keep thinking about like how big – because – you you think about it as I mean we've mentioned a couple times that there's two they're both two and three teams. It's massive for Kentucky in the sense that this is again an, an inexperienced team just like Arkansas trying to take that next step. And if Arkansas doesn't win this game, I mean we go to Alabama the next week. Then you've got Auburn coming to Fayetteville, and then I believe it's two weeks after that you go to Baton Rouge. So they're they're entering the meat of their schedule right now, and so about at the beginning of the season I would have thought that this is probably no chance to win for the Razorbacks if if I think if we see the team that we saw against A&M that they have a really strong chance if we see the team that they saw against that we did against San Jose State then uh no chance whatsoever but I think if if Kentucky plays even the way that they played against Florida the mat will be more than enough for them it's just after the bye week, what team are you going to see? Is Arkansas going to show up while they're traveling? And is Mark Stoops, which I think he will, I think Mark Stoops being a defensive guy, he's going to make the proper adjustments to know what kind of pressures to put on this on Nick Starkle because our offensive line, they've done decent this year. They did not the, – the one game that they just looked pitiful the entire game was San Jose State. But overall, I think that they've done a pretty good job. But if there's any coach that can do it, Right now, it, it's definitely Mark Stoops that can figure out the, the packages to to throw at Starkle because once Star- Starkle doesn't quite know the entire offensive playbook yet, so it's not too hard to rattle him, and that's what worries me about Kentucky is what they'll be able to do in that regard. Yeah, I'm a little curious to see how the environment will be. Um, you mentioned before with Jared Lanzen being, uh, you know, it's not they're going to honor him, and um, you know they're doing a special deal with fans, and if they buy tickets now, they get twenty dollars off, so. That might bring in a few more people, but you know, the I wouldn't say the morale is, is crazy low in the fan base. I think most people, it's, it's frustration more than anything, is what I really think. Because when you end up in a spot, like I mentioned earlier, that you know, UK basically does not have a third string quarterback. Walker Wood is listed right now as a second string guy. He was a local kid. Um, this is not trying to be mean, but he had a five star offensive lineman, uh, Jedrick Wills, who's been a three year starter at Alabama. He, uh, you know, I think he was more or less, he was a fringe, is what I would say. He was a fringe SEC, Walker was. He was a fringe SEC quarterback prospect. He had a couple other offers, like Louisville and Cincinnati. But I don't think the intention was ever that he was going to be a starting quarterback at UK. And that was when he was coming out of high school. And since he's been out of high school, he has had a knee surgery and two shoulder surgeries while at UK. So, I mean, he's a shell of even what he was as a high schooler. And uh, I think it's pretty evident that – the staff doesn't really trust putting him in a game because if they did, they would have put him in on that final drive against South Carolina. Instead, they went with Lynn Bowden, and now Lynn Bowden's been practicing with the quarterback. So that should tell you that UK uh, prefers to go in that direction. Um, and the only other option, and I don't think he's going to play against Arkansas because it seems like 
he's not even in a spot where he could run even a certain kind of package is Damani Gilmore. He's a freshman quarterback from Louisiana. Really flew under the radar. Um, played on a really good high school team that won the state championship and had multiple um, high high level recruits. Uh, Devontae Lee and I forget the kid's name. He's a defensive tackle. He ended up going to Alabama. But Amani and Gilmore was on that team and more or less had no offers from any other Power 5 schools. And UK took a chance on him. And it sounds like he's just uh, too raw to even be able to to help out right now. So it's pretty much being Lynn's hands. And I mean, defensively, you're talking about Starkwell. I think UK's big thing is, is stopping the run. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's not rocket science. It's any game, you know, putting teams in third and long is going to give you a better chance. But Kentucky, you know, they, South Carolina had two guys rush over 100 yards last weekend. And again, part of that is when you're on the field so much, I mean, it's hard to, to play without breaking without the offense breaking through eventually. I mean, UK still forced nine punts against South Carolina uh, in a game where the offense helped them out none. The only touchdown for UK came in the final two minutes. I mean, it was twenty four to zero up until that. Um, and South Carolina is not really a a great offense, but I wouldn't say they're bad either. I mean, they gave Alabama a tad bit of trouble. Nothing obviously was ever in danger for Alabama, but they moved the ball fairly well at times against Alabama. And I know this is a different Alabama defense this year than what it has been, especially with Dylan Moses out. But in all, I mean, if, if they can force Arkansas in their own situations, uh, it'll help them. Because if there's one area where, where Kentucky, at least entering the season, was youthful, it was a secondary. I mean, they lost five guys who, you know, two of those guys, Mike Edwards and Lonnie Johnson, are starters right now in the NFL as rookies. So at a school like UK, uh, even though UK is recruiting on a much better level under Mark Stoops than it ever has, it is still hard for a program like UK to lose that kind of caliber of athlete and still replace them. And it's not just they have to replace them to start the year. It's that Jordan Griffin and Devontae Robinson both have injuries right now. So more or less, your top seven DBs from last year have either not played at all this year or have played very limited. And that puts you in a tough spot. And uh, they've gotten a little bit better, though. They really have. I think there's some promise there. Um, but in general, yeah, if, if Arkansas – I think that's what's going to come down to the offense. If Arkansas, the biggest problem with the U.K. is going to be scoring points. I mean, if Arkansas can get to a spot where they can get up in the game, I really think they have a chance to control it, uh, just given the unknown that U.K. is going to have offensively. Uh, it, it should be really interesting. Like when you said that it should be one of the more interesting games between two and three teams, I, I agree with you. Because uh, there's a lot on the line for, for Arkansas and also for UK. I think for the excitement factor, more or less, just to see a wide receiver play quarterback uh, could be kind of exciting. Well, th- talking about all that we just talked about, just go ahead and give me your prediction just based on what you think will happen. I mean, honestly, I, I think if Len Bowden's a QB, I, I just don't think we know enough about how it's going to go for me to, to predict UK to win. Uh, I know it sounds like the, the fan base is a little bit down on, at Arkansas, but I mean – if they're going to come in and pick a game to snap it, I think this probably looks pretty good. I mean, I think they're catching a, a pretty young UK team in a spot where the the quarterback is – both quarterbacks are hurt. Um, before the year, I would have thought this was, no joke, probably the most winnable SEC game for UK. Uh, but That's fair. <laughs> year into the season, I mean, I would say that uh, – the situation's a little better at Arkansas right now. I really think it is. I, I don't know if it will be long term. Uh, it's not again. I'm kind of rambling on your question. I just I don't think the long term. No matter what happens, three K this year. I think long term they're still set up really well. I mean, this is a young team that has a lot of talent. They're going to be bringing in their best recruiting class ever in school history, assuming it stays together the next two months. Uh, 
so long term, I mean, this might just be a little blip on the radar to getting back to eight or nine wins the next year. But now, quite frankly, I mean, maybe by Friday I'll change my mind if we hear more about Sawyer. But talking on a Sunday night, if Lynn Bones will be the quarterback, I just can't really in good faith pick Arkansas or UK to win. I think it will be close. Um, I think Kentucky's defense will do a decent job. And maybe I'll be completely wrong. Maybe UK's offense comes out and Arkansas has a really hard time trying to adjust to it. But uh, in terms of a number, I don't know. Something like uh, – I think 24 points might be enough for Arkansas. If they could get to 24 to 17 or something like that, I think they'd have a decent chance. Somebody even mentioned his UK's kicking game is kind of woeful as well. So not only do you have hurt quarterbacks who an offense that's had a hard time scoring ever since they all got hurt, uh, you know, Chance Poor missed two field goals against Mississippi State. He got benched. So now they got a walk-on kicker who uh, did not even attempt a field goal against South Carolina, just an extra point. But there are a lot of question marks. Um, but this, I guess, will be the game to try to decide uh, if they can turn it around, and I mean, you would say coming off of a bye, it might it doesn't give anybody an advantage, I guess, because Arkansas is too. So I mean, both teams have to rest up, so that's good for both sides to see how they are. But you know, we'll see. Uh, I would probably give a little slight advantage to Arkansas right now, but I don't know. I, it's hard to say uh, what'll happen with Lynn back there. Awesome, cool, man. Well, uh, looking forward to a good game. I, I really do think it is going to be a, a close one, and I, I, I'm probably going to give Kentucky the slight edge just because I know Arkansas's history, especially when yeah. other teams have, have a chance to uh, have a chance to to scout them a little bit longer when you have the bye week. But it, yeah, it, I mean, I know that it's, it's, it could probably come down to the end, especially like, let's just hope that we like, I'm hoping for our sake that we actually come to play. Like we de- desperately need this game. Cause if not, I think it could definitely get ugly, but but Derek, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time out. I know as, as we get closer to basketball, basketball is just a little bit important uh, at UK. So uh, I know you've got a lot going on with that. So really appreciate you uh, taking some time out to talk with us. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. Awesome. Cool deal, man. Well, thank you all for listening. As always, for Derek Terry, my name is Kyle Sutherland. You've been listening to Tech Talks.